Chapter 4 of Cowboy Life on the Sidetrack. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cowboy Life on the Sidetrack by Frank Benton. Chapter 4. Letters from Home Brought by Immigrants. We arrived at Hollands, Wyoming, one bright sunny morning, and planned to get a square meal there and kinder clean up and take a shave. But this was a sheep town and full of sheepmen, and the odor of sheep was so strong we just stopped long enough to fill our bottles and then sauntered on ahead of our train, expecting to get on when it overtook us. Well, we sauntered and sauntered, looking back from every hill, but no train. And finally, when we were tired from walking in the heat and dust, we found a shade tree and, lying down, went to sleep. How long we slept, I don't know, but when we awoke it was night. In the darkness, we had hard work finding our way back to the railroad track, and for a while we were undecided which way to go, but finally took the wrong direction, and after plodding along in the dark for several miles, we came on top of a high hill and saw the lights of the town below us that were left that morning. We now held a council as to who should go down to town to get our bottles filled. Jack Doe offered to go, but we had already discovered we couldn't trust him on that kind of errand as the bottles would just be as empty when he got back as when he started. So finally we sit, eat him up Jake, and told him to inquire if our train was still there or had gone sneaking by us when we were asleep. Jake returned about midnight with the refreshments and the information that the train was on ahead. So we started after it, exchanging ideas along the route as to how far we would have to walk before we came to a sidetrack. As we didn't doubt for a moment, we would find the stock on the first side and it could get in on. This was one of the pleasantest nights we had on our whole trip, with good fresh air. We made the sheepmen and jackdaw walk about three miles ahead of us and the wind was blowing in their direction and nothing to worry us. We talked of home and speculated as to how many calves the boys at home had branded for us on their annual roundup since we left. Finally, Chuck Wagon stopped and sniffed a time or two and said he was satisfied the sheepmen and jackdaw must have found the train. After we walked a mile further, we came to the sheepmen and jackdaw setting down at the sidetrack, but the stock train was not there. We were much puzzled at this, but after a great deal of argument, Edomup Jake, who had studied arithmetic some, proposed to measure the sidetrack. He suggested as the only possible solution to the train not being there that probably the track was too short for the train. The trouble now was to get some proper thing to measure with. Finally, we took Edomup Jake's pants, which he had removed for the purpose, they being 34 inches in seam. By taking the end of each leg, they measured 68 inches, or 5 feet 8 inches, to a measurement. Every time we made a measurement, Dilberry put a pebble in his pocket for feet, and Chuckwagon put one in his for inches. When we got through, we made a light out of some sticks and counted the pebbles. Dilberry had 292, and Chuckwagon 287. They both insisted they had made no mistake, so we had to measure it all over again. There had come up a little flurry of snow in the meantime, which happens frequently at that altitude, and Edomup Jake wanted them to divide the difference between 287 and 292. But as one had inches and the other had feet, Edomup Jake couldn't make the proper division in his head, and we had nothing to figure with. So we measured again, and counted and found that each had 287. As this would only equal 41 stock cars, and as there were 43 cars of stock, five cars of California fruit, 
three cars merchandise nine tonnage cars and the way car we knew our train couldn't possibly get in on this sidetrack so jake put on his pants and we started on again perfectly satisfied now that we had solved what seemed at first a great mystery after walking several miles it became daylight and we discovered a man and woman with a mule team and wagon going the same way we were as they didn't seem to have much of a load and asked us to ride we concluded to ride however we couldn't all ride in the wagon at once and as the wagon road wasn't always in sight of track we had Jack Doe and two sheepmen walk along the track, and if they found the train, they were to holler and wave something to us so we would know. Eat em up Jake had been kind of grumpy ever since he had to stand the snowstorm without any pants on while we'd done the measuring, but now he was to hear some good news, which brought so much overwhelming joy to him, as indeed it did to all of us, as our joys and sorrows were one on this trip. It will be remembered that Edom up Jake had married a buxom Mormon girl about six weeks before we started with the cattle, and now it turned out that these people, who were on their way from the two Wallies to Arkansas, had come by Jake's place in Utah, and Jake's wife had not only sent a letter by this couple to him, but the letter contained the news that he was the father of twin boys. Jake's pride and joy knew no bounds, and for a time he talked about going back and taking a look at the twins and then catching up to us again, but we argued this would bring bad luck, and anyway, there were immigrants on the way from Oregon to Arkansas all the time, and Jake's wife said all our folks in Utah had agreed to send us letters every time anyone came by with a wagon going east. We now came in sight of our stock train, as it was slowly climbing up a grade, but we were loath to give up our newfound friends, the immigrants, and it wasn't till they had drove several miles ahead of the stock train that we finally bid them a reluctant goodbye and sauntered on back to meet the special. This is the first time I've used the word special, but all stock trains are known as specials because they make special time with them. After we got on the train and had taken the prod pole and drove the sheepmen and jackdo out and made them right on top, we emptied a bottle or so and eat em up Jake got very hilarious and sang the little black bull came running down the mountain while we all joined in the chorus. And finally, when old Chuck Wagon, Pack Saddle Jack, and Dillberry Ike had gone to sleep on the floor of the car, eat em up Jake got me by the buttonhole and told me the story of his life in the following words. He talked in a thick, slushy, slobbery voice, something like the mud and water squirts through the holes in your overshoes on a sloppy day, but this was on account of a great deal of whiskey and the fact that he had taken a slight cold the night before standing in the snowstorm while he used his pants to measure the sidetrack. End of chapter 4